Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? It's almost Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's always like fall and seasonality. One day you're going to be like, so not car broke it. down or something. It didn't, but it does need to be serviced. Tell me something funky. else that's not weather related. Hmm. Say something. Crickets. Something. Trying to think, yeah, it's fall. It's, I don't know. That's, all that's weather. <laughs> seasonal. Well, all the sports are done now. They're not done. F one's pretty football. much done. F cycling is pretty much done. Vegas. Rugby World Cup's over. It's all done. Okay, F one's ha- done. It, the ticket prices in Vegas are plummeting. They are plummeting because I, I, you the know season's what? pretty much over. We know who's going to win. Oh, really? And is that a thing? They overshot prices. They totally did. But you know what I wondered. And I even thought about this yesterday. I, I saw that on Twitter that uh, the packages, hotel packages, and so forth. And I thought, I wonder if it ends up being so good that, like next year, it ends up being really. You know, the first time Breeders' Cup was in Lexington, which is a horse thing, huge horse, huge horse event. They just had it out in um, California, Santa Anita, I think. Anyways. Uh, they had it here in Lexington and Keeneland, and it did not sell well. Yeah. I, I remember two days before there were tickets available. Like you could just you could go up there and grab a ticket and walk in, and that's unheard of for this kind of. I mean, million dollar races all all weekend, and then all of a sudden the next time it was here, two years later, you couldn't get a ticket. Yeah, I mean, it was the hottest ticket in town. So I'm very curious if that will happen. I'm sure people want to see how it goes off. But it's a, I mean, it's a great location because you fly in the airports right there. There's all these kinds of things yeah. to do. It's not like, um, it's not so like I mean, like Austin. It, the do they Austin have one race. In Austin? Austin, they have a race mm-hmm. uh, at Circuit of the Americas, and uh, but it's like at a racetrack, so you have to like go to it. Right. Um, commute into it and all that so it's kind of a big ordeal but i mean mm-hmm. a city route is pretty nice and the is, fact that now it's at what time oh it's vegas late, time right or it's our time any time Ooh, i can do the math ridiculously late let me pull it up it's like 10 o'clock yeah it starts there. really late so in it's vegas be time. 1 a.m here i think like that. if that's correct i i thought i read that that it starts at 10 o'clock out there so that'd be 1 a.m. Eastern. That's a difficult thing to watch. I'll be 1 a.m. our time, yeah. I'll be watching that on uh, replay. I do want to watch it because I was out there not long ago and I oh, saw all the construction happening and all the things that were being built for it. It's all about the backdrop. Yeah. Which is funny because the backdrop's half of the course because then you have to go off the strip and then mm-hmm. down. I mean, for people awesome. who've been in Vegas, like it's not all the strip. No. I ran the half there in January, and you the claim to fame is you run the strip, and mm-hmm. you do. You run it out, and then you run it back, but then there's like three miles that you're you know, running by like... It's all industrial park. Well, and like, residential, and some bars that are a little seedy, and mm-hmm. oh, it was interesting. The uh, Blue Oyster Bar, it's on Howell. Yeah, you go two blocks either direction, mm-hmm. and it gets fun quick. 
All right. Well, let's get into some housekeeping. This episode sponsored by Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E, financial.com. Visit us on the web. Learn more about our wealth development program. We're always looking for questions. I know during the holidays it kind of dries up a little bit, but uh, send us those audio file questions. Just hop on your phone, hit the... uh, Hit the voice memo, record a question, try to keep it a minute or less, and send it to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. If we use it on the show, we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Check us out on social at DIY Money Podcast. Anywhere you use your social, we're not on TikTok. All right, let's go to Willie in Minnesota. What do you got? DIY! Hey, guys. Willie from Minnesota again. Um, I have a question. Um, I'm in my mid-30s. Uh, talking to one of my older co-workers um, about long-term care and planning for, um, as you get older, uh, getting into retirement and the cost of uh, assisted living. Uh, I know that long-term care can be quite expensive when purchased later in life, but I'm wondering if it makes sense for someone in their mid-30s, early 40s kind of start that process earlier and maybe reduce the premiums. Um, what are your thoughts on that and is it worth it? Thanks guys. Keep up the great work. Okay, Willie, uh, long-term care insurance always evolving. Uh, I've been in the business now 20 plus years. When I first started, I actually sold life and health insurance. That was what you did. Uh, in fact, I sold everything. And that's one of the reasons why Jewel was born because I didn't want to sell things. I wanted to just be an advisor, but I did sell Uh, long-term care insurance in the uh, early 2000s. Ironically, it was at that time where they hadn't quite figured out the math. Uh, They kind of had assumptions based on cost of care, uh, time periods that people would live in nursing homes, et cetera, and they were very affordable uh, products. And then they had a guaranteed inflation rider on these products too. So you could lock in a, a premium and you could get a, a benefit package, let's call it 250000 or whatever, that went up 3% a year, compounded forever. It, it was amazing. And I know people who had them, bought them, used them, and they're always, you know, they were just amazing products. Well, then, all of a sudden, in the mid-2000s, so 10, 11, 12, around there, all of a sudden, all of these companies started to realize how uh, terrible their finances were, and they either discontinued or went out of business altogether. And the field of long-term care insurance providers became extremely narrow and, oh, by the way, extremely expensive. All the while, the long-term care industry itself was evolving and changing, and things like at-home care were becoming uh, more accessible, easier to do. Uh, you know, uh, assisted living uh, became kind of a, a stopping point as opposed to full, you know, blown nursing home, et cetera. In addition, I will also say that the caveat is is that Medicaid. Not Medicare, but Medicaid, which is what uh, steps in when somebody doesn't have the money to pay for these things. They became a little bit more savvy as well, and they became, you know, uh, kind of uh, aware of the nuanced things that could that advisors could do to help protect people from paying for uh, nursing homes. So it became a, a little bit more of a, a muddy situation, and there was an environment there where it was almost. Uh, 
priced out of people's range. Like you'd look at it, somebody would say in our office, you know, should we look at this? And I say, you can. I mean, you can go get independent quotes uh, as you, you know, if you're interested, you should. But I'm here to tell you, it will be extremely, extremely costly. Now, we've come full circle. Uh, What do I mean by that? Well, now you have traditional long-term care insurance policies where just as you've probably alluded to, you you call up, you get a policy, it gives you a benefit. If you need to go into the facility, it's got a what's called an elimination period, so a period that you pay out of pocket, maybe three months, et cetera, or 90 days, and then it kicks in. Uh, has a max benefit. Maybe it's not an inflation rider. Uh, those are probably hard to get. But uh, in addition to that, there have evolved these hybrid-type policies. They can even be attached to insurance policies where someone buys a a long-term care insurance and if you don't use it and you pass away, there's a benefit to your family or spouse. So it's one of these things where, you know, if if you're paying premiums and you've put money aside and all of a sudden you, you don't use it for whatever reason, there's actually a benefit. There's also policies that allow you to just basically surrender it. So uh, again, let's say, I mean, this is terrible, but uh, let's say that you're growing older and you find out, you know, you've been diagnosed with some terminal, you know, issue and and you're not going to go into a nursing home. You're probably going to just skip all that together and pass away. And you go, this is crazy. I'd rather pay off the house or travel the world. And so you have the ability to, to basically surrender that policy and get money back. Now, you don't get it all back and, you you know, you've uh, given up the uh, interest benefit and so forth, but it, it's there. My point is there's a million now different types of policies, a million hyperbole. There's a lot of different policies out there that uh, can accomplish what you're looking for. I've looked at them. Uh, my wife and I have looked at them as kind of that last piece. We traditionally, at least in my family, uh, we have uh, lineage that suggests that the men in my family need some kind of care, like in the late 80s and 90s. I told my wife, just put me on a cruise ship and don't worry about it. Bon voyage. Have a great time. She probably won't do that. So I have looked at that. At this point, I haven't pulled the trigger uh, I've looked at the policy that I've looked at is what's called a single premium, where you make a capital investment and you basically have it paid for. You get a benefit. It it may go up, it may not. I did like the opportunity, and I looked at the opportunity of uh, if I passed, you know, early or I didn't use it and passed that that my family got some benefit. But you know, I ran the numbers, and again, it's kind of like term versus whole life. I just said, okay, if I designate some money in an account. And I get some decent interest over time. This is better. Like, I mean, and my kids and a lot of things, a lot of times we have conversations about family members. Are they close? Are they able-bodied? Are they in the healthcare field? Like my children and and maybe their spouses in the future, at least at this juncture, you know, maybe they can hire in-home care. So right now, I've held off. It, it just didn't make sense to me. But I did explore it. I did explore it. Enjoy the jello. Get to the bottom. So I would encourage you to explore it and run the numbers, run the math. I don't know your family situation. Take that into consideration. Take, again, your hot buttons, what, what is concerning to you, etc. 
throw that all into the equation, and, and then I think you'll be able to make uh, an educated decision. What say you, Daniel? Yeah, this is definitely something that you are going to want to shop around and find multiple different options. Don't go into it uh, assuming that you know exactly the option that you're going to want right off the bat. Uh, but gather those couple different options and then incorporate those into your overall financial plan and see what effect that it really does have. Uh, sort of the sweet spot of when people generally, because I think this was part of the question, the sweet spot of when people will generally start exploring this and looking for it or when it kind of works best in a plan is typically, though not always, typically it's going to be in your 50s. Uh, it provides some runway for premium payments prior to uh, higher statistical likelihood that you will need it, which is in your kind of late 60s and beyond really kind of at 70 and beyond, I think, is when the actuaries are kind of figuring that it's going to come into play. And so if you think about it, you want to have kind of enough time that you're paying some premiums without it being an incredibly long time. And so I would say pre-50, unless there's you know, some type of family history where uh, folks utilize long-term care much earlier than kind of that age 65, 70, uh, I'm not sure for me, that I would often uh, be looking at it ahead of time unless there was a compelling reason to. I think once you're younger than 50, uh, it's something good to have in the horizon that you want to work on in the future. But I would gather in most plans that we've seen, there's other savings priorities pre-50. And that could be kids' education. uh, That could be maxing out retirement. That could just be general savings. But there's usually other pieces that we can kind of fund, other goals that we can knock off the list. And that's actually then going to free up the capital for this premium to then come into play later on. So it's you kind of look at it as sort of like a staggered sort of strategy where we get kind of those midlife kind of uh, goals and expenses taken care of. And then we start adding in the retirement uh, preparation later as that comes into the horizon. That's great. And it's hard. I mean, you know, we do plans all the time when we run financial and retirement plans. And the one thing, and we listen, we try to account for end of life expenses, whether it's you know nursing home, some long-term care, at-home care, et cetera, or additional medical costs that, that come into play that a lot of people do not think about. They think, oh, we're on Medicare. We're going to be taken care of forever. That's just not the case. There's you know, there's premiums that come out of your Social Security. There's supplementals. There's there's costs. There, I mean, you, there's a lot of procedures that are not covered by Medicare. So we try to account for that. But one of the things that we tell people is I, I, I don't you know, one thing I cannot count for is if you needed to go into a memory care facility for five years, it's going to be $10,000 a month. Like, it's going to be massive, and this is going to drain your resources. It's impossible. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's very difficult to plan for that. And you're not going to be able to insure for that because you're not going to get an open-ended policy. That's you're right. typically going to get a two- or three-year kind of yep. length uh, of benefit. With, and that's with a benefit, it. with a yeah. pooled benefit. I mean, the way these, again, maybe it's helpful we'll just briefly. I mean, typically you can you can do a premium over time. Every year you pay a premium, or you can do a single premium. The benefit is often there's an elimination period, which means you're paying for a certain period of time before, before the, pay, before the um, uh, benefit kicks in. Uh, there's often tiered levels, so let's say you know in-home care or assisted living or full-blown nursing, and then it typically comes out of one pool of resources, so two hundred fifty thousand or five hundred thousand, whatever it is. And when that's exhausted, it's over. It, it, there's there's no more. So that's kind of how it works. And again, I, I really like what Daniel said. Look at all of them that are out there. 
maybe maybe get some quotes, you know, evaluate, et cetera, and then and then try to make an educated decision, you know, to the best of your ability. Anything else? I like it. Yeah, that one pool factor makes it actually easier to calculate mm-hmm. than an open ended, right? Because you can go, what would I need in yeah. future value available yep. to basically mimic this sort of uh, pool, and how does that compare to the premiums? I am opting into an HSA for the first time in 2024. Cool. Uh, I'm going to kind of earmark that as the potential for long-term care. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my mind what I'm doing, so we'll see. i got to run more numbers. but And it also would mean I would have to work longer, which I'm not sure about that. So there you go. There you go. All right, let's wrap it up. Great question. Thanks so much, Willie. From Minnesota, one of my new favorite places, Lake Vermilion, northern Minnesota. Booyah. Love it up there, except the mosquitoes are as big as your head. Wowzer. You know, one thing about the summers here, the mosquitoes are big enough to carry off. All right. All he did was send us an audio file question to podcast at DIYmoney.org. After we talked about the weather for 20 minutes, we actually answered it. And then we will send him an Amazon $25 gift card. So thanks again for sending that in. Please do keep those questions coming. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.